Raider Nation, what is the deal, man? You're back for another episode of the Raiders Recap. And today we're going to recap the game versus the Denver Broncos yesterday, man. A lot of good things, but a lot of negatives too. But at the end of the day, all that matters is that one sentence, just win, baby. So without further ado, let's go ahead, get the intro started. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Raiders Recap. Jacobs. Jacobs with running room right up the middle. Jacobs is on his way. The Raiders are going to win this game. The sickest Las Vegas Raiders podcast. It's going to be sick. What is the deal, man? You're back for another episode of the Raiders Recap. Make sure you're tapping on the like and subscribe button. Hit on the little notification bell so you get updated when we drop episodes like this one right here. But like I was saying, man, we have won the game. And hold on, let me go ahead and fix my light real quick. Ooh, looking good right there, just like that. And we back to us. Now, look, now yesterday wasn't pretty, right? Yesterday was not a pretty win. The Raiders ended up winning 17-16. But at the end of the day, man, a win is a win. And it's kind of expected when you're coming off that first week, you know, I kind of saw a tweet right now that made me really push it in perspective. It's like this, right? When you look at the NFL and they're playing these three preseason games, the starters, most starters don't really get out there in the preseason, right? So you can really look at this first week. as kind of like, you know, your team's first little preseason game with all the starters playing a full 60 minutes, right? So, how we look week one is not how we're going to look in week four, week five, right? This is this is one of those gut-out wins that, you know, you're still trying to get your rhythm as a team. You're still trying to find yourself as a team. And and last, yesterday was a perfect example of that. You know, some, some things that we definitely need to clean up, definitely need to clean up. But it's always easier to clean shit up after a win, right? So at the end of the day, let's get into it. Let's start with the defense, right? Now, the defense at times – you know, they was they was giving it up a little bit, right? The, the Broncos were able to move with a little ease in the game, right? But at the end of the day, shit, when we're looking at 16 points, not too much to complain about. You should be able to win a lot of games if your defense is only giving up 16 points, right? And, yeah, it's the way they gave up the points. Sometimes, you know, Russell Wilson in the offense was moving downfield a little too easily for me, right? There's still some things to clean up as far as that interior pass rush is still not there. Right. We still don't have an interior pass rush at all. Um, you know, there's some more games to play. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just a telling that, you know, yesterday it was hard to get pressure outside of Max Crosby once again. Now, another guy that actually gave a lot of pressure was Malcolm Coons. And I think yesterday he did himself a lot of favors in my eyes. You know, me personally, he did himself a lot of favors yesterday. He was the only one besides Max Crosby that was able to get consistent pressure right on the quarterback on Russell Wilson he was back there and even on the sack that Max had he was back there so it was good to see him you know but the likes of Byron Young you know um with Bilal Nichols I didn't think they had a, a, a tremendous game you know Jerry Tillery now they had a pretty good game and I will say that but they had a pretty good game against the run right against the run Denver really never really got that run game started like I thought they was going to right like they really wanted to they wanted to establish Javante Williams, but we look at he only had 52 yards of rushing offense. P. Ryan, somewhere around that, you know, the same type of yardage. So, you know, he gave up 100 total, but just 50 to each. That was very good. I mean, the Broncos really only had like 260, 270 in total yards, something like that the whole game. So, once again, 
uh, for as it looked, right, it, it may have looked worse than it was, but at the end of the day, the Raiders' defense looked improved, and they looked improved situationally. That's where it was, right? Situationally, the Raiders were much improved in certain areas. Now, we need to get off the field. We have to start getting off the field, you know, because against better teams, those are going to be touchdowns, not three points or, you know, able able to stop them. At the end of the day, you know, I think that, one, the Raiders' corners were playing way too far off the ball yesterday, bro, about like 15-plus, you know, 10-plus yards off the ball. And at the end of the day, when you look at the Denver's skilled positions, there's nobody that really scares you, you know, like that. The only way they were able to get over the top on us was, was running them dumbass double moves, right? They was running the double moves consistently. That's the only way they were able to get over the top, you know, or unless they – went there and did the play action and was able to boot somebody open, but they weren't killing us with pure route running, pure speed, none of that. So I don't understand why the Raiders corners were so far off the ball. Um, you know, it, it was allowing Russ to get into an easy rhythm, throwing the ball underneath. So that's something that I think Patrick Graham needs to tighten up. Now this next week, I won't be like, this is the, this is the difference. When we play Buffalo, I won't be too mad if the Raiders are a couple of yards off the ball because of the receivers you're dealing with, because of the quarterback you're dealing with. You're like, all right, bro, we got to make sure we don't get beat. But this game right here, I just didn't particularly understand why we were playing so far off the ball because nobody really scares you. I mean, Russ can still throw the deep ball, but he don't have the weapons to do it. So that was one. Um, now, we talk about the secondary and playing deep. Let's get into the secondary a little bit. Ja'Korian Bennett, our rookie. I know most people are going to want to kill him for some of the penalties. To me, those was bullshit-ass penalties. He had that. The first P.I. he had, that was bullshit. That was great coverage, bro. Great coverage by Ja'Korian Bennett. And, I mean, I guess if you want to say that second one was a P.I., you know, deep down the field, I guess they tried to go to Sutton. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I saw a, a little tug. I didn't even see a little tug, really. Maybe they're – Feet got tangled up, but I didn't see nothing there either. Um, he showed me some good things, right? He showed me some things to build on, definitely things to work on. He has to, you know, just stop getting less handsy to draw the penalties. Now, I think it was a penalty, no, but he has to start getting less handsy, right? But he showed me some good things, and what he really showed me was the ability to be physical and tackle. Pretty much the whole secondary showed me that ability, right? There, and, and I want to point this out for the whole defense as well. For week one, for a defense that hasn't been out there, you know, for the starters not to be out there for a majority of the preseason, the tackling was very good yesterday. Very, very good. Very sound. I only saw a handful of missed tackles, right? And and that's a good sign to see from your defense week one, right? Because you, you know, you know, sometimes when a team is fresh and still rusty, the tackling isn't as good as it should be. It's a lot of broken tackles, a lot of missed tackles. Yesterday wasn't a lot of that. And that's something that I, I want to applaud the coaching staff, applaud the players for very disciplined in their tackling game yesterday. So that was good. But we saw a, a great things from Jacoria as far as getting guys on the ground, playing where he needs to be. Now, of course, in that zone coverage, we're going to have to get a little better, you know. But I, I liked I liked our secondary a little bit in the man coverage. I think we played very well. I think Nate Hobbs had a great game, you know, regardless of what he did. He only had a couple of negative plays, but he had a great game. And that's the shit we want to see from Nate Hobbs. But he's back into his natural position as a slot corner, and that's where he should be the whole time. And we saw it. His skill set, his athleticism, his dominance, his physical dominance at that position right there is something to behold. And, and I was real excited to see what he did yesterday. Marcus Epps is a very good addition to this defense, bro. A very good addition. 
I mean, if you go back and watch the game, there's a number of times you see him getting people into position, lining people up. And, and that's the type of quarterback we needed back there in that secondary. I think Trayvon Merritt still got some steps to go. Um, he didn't really particularly impress me. His tackling was pretty good, you know, coming downhill, doing the things he was doing. But he didn't particularly impress me yesterday. He still looks lackadaisical on the zone coverage. I'm not going to say he's lazy. He just He just seems confused. He just seems lost. Like, I don't know what it is with him and that's the real disappointing part i mean they put him on man coverage a couple times on the tight end still got cooked right so i don't know what it is and that's kind of disappointing because when we brought him in here that was his primary strength was the coverage ability but now we're not seeing it so you know hopefully he continues to get better as it goes by but marcus s played well can't really say nothing about marcus peters he didn't do nothing too you know crazy didn't give up a lot either but at the end of the day you know they played sound as far as our linebackers diablo bro that's the type of game I've been waiting to see from Divine Diablo. That's the shit right there that makes me say, okay, now we can build. Because he scared me. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Before this game, I might have talked about it on his channel. And I'll take ownership. He was the one that scared me in this uh, uh, linebacker unit. I kind of I like Spillane. Spillane growing on me more and more each week. Each week, Spillane is growing on me. And I'm thinking that's a very good signing. Especially for the price you got him, that's a very good signing. I like Spillane. Now... When you talk about Diablo, that's the wild card because he's the one that can unlock everything, right? He can unlock everything for the linebacker unit. He's physical enough. He's big enough. He's fast enough, right? Does he have it up here? And and can he stay injury-free? Those, those are the two questions. Yesterday, he showed that when he's in rhythm with this defense, he's right. Pass breakups, tackles, right, going in and out of the whole thing. I mean, he, he showed a, a little bit of everything yesterday. And that's something that I'm very happy to see from him, man. Um, he came out, did his thing. Masterson did his thing a little bit when he came in. Now, he had that costly punt penalty, um, but I'm, I'm going to be real, bro. Your dude was – my boy was in the air, right? He's in the air. How the hell he's supposed to stop his momentum while he's in the air? I don't know. But, hey, the rest could tell you better than I can. Um, I didn't think it was all that big of a deal. But, hey, here we are, right? I, and I now – um, you know, the people are going to try to kill him for it, but I don't think that that was, you know, a penalty on him, but regardless, you know, the defense still on that drive ended up holding the Denver Broncos to three points. And what do we say all the time about this Raiders team in general? We just have to be better situationally and be better in the red zone. And that right there was a very, very good example of being better in the red zone right there. Right. OK, that was one of those situational red zone plays where last year we give that shit up. That's a touchdown last year. You know what I'm saying? That's a that, that's a seven points. But this year, whole different tune. And we give up three points. Now, let's transition to the offense. Of course, Jimmy G doing his thing. Right. 20 of 26 for 200 yards, two touchdowns. Very efficient day without that pick, bro. He's very efficient without that pick. And, and that's really his one critical mistake now he almost had a critical mistake with the fumble uh, a fumbled snap in there where uh, you know maybe the ball was wet you know it was a little rainy there was a little gloomy so maybe so but you know one critical mistake was the interception and and this is the thing this is the thing i say if it wasn't for that i'd give him a b plus grade but i had to give him a solid b for this right i think Yesterday, the number one thing that we saw from the difference of quarterback play is the pocket movement and presence, bro. This guy, that's how a quarterback is supposed to move in the pocket. 
All right, you feel me? Not just sitting there taking sacks, sitting there statuesque, right? Not moving. Move around, bro. If the offensive line is giving you all this goddamn time, and if I'm not mistaken, we didn't even give up a sack. But if the offensive line is giving you all the time that they were giving you, which, by the way, tremendous pass blocking by the offensive line, bro. There's no, no negatives, no notes that I can give them at all, bro. They did their shit yesterday. as They kept Jimmy clean. Denver didn't get a snip of Jimmy G at all. You feel what I'm saying? If it wasn't for him running, sliding, and all that, that, that jersey would be cocaine white. You feel what I'm saying? But here we are, right? Here we are. And, and that's the type of shit that I love to see from this offensive line. Now, for Jimmy, the pocket movement also helped the offensive line, right? Not give up sacks. That helps the offensive line secure that zero that zero sack total because he's able to move, maneuver around, and run when he needs to. I mean, shit, his, his run won the game pretty much. His one, his run won the game for the Raiders. All right. At the end of the game, when you need to get that first down, you go get that first down, slide in bounds, and you keep that clock ticking. So very happy with Jimmy G. I mean, he was efficient with the ball to me. I saw him. Oh, maybe maybe a couple of bad throws that I would uh, he probably like to have back, especially the interception. You got to throw that away in the red zone, right? That was one of those costly ones where it's like that was a negative in the red zone. You have to throw that ball away. Tie the game up. You feel what I'm saying? If you tie the game up, we are by seven points. You feel what I'm saying? We are by seven points potentially if we still score that touchdown. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to throw that away and take the three. But that's the case of him trying to do too much. I feel like he'll learn from that situation. And as the season continues, he'll throw that ball away. But, you know, Jimmy was very efficient, threw to open receivers when he needed to, made Devontae. Devontae wasn't a focal point. Like, keep this in mind. Broncos, although they had Pastor Tan, was double covering him yesterday. Ain't no way Sertan's going to be able to do that by himself, bro. He's not going to be able to do that by himself for straight quarter. It's not happening. So at the end of the day, they double teamed him. And what happened? What we talked about on our channel multiple times, Jacoby Myers went stupid. And that's a signing right there where I told y'all from the first jump, from when Ink got put to paper, this was going to be a good signing. Jacoby's a good player, bro. Prayers up to him as well. He looked, he got banged up in the game, some dirty-ass hits by the Broncos, head-to-head hits, man. But at the end of the day, right, he ended up walking up on his own power. They didn't need to bring stretcher, none of that. So that's good news. Although he may not play next week, he should be good to go for the rest of the season. He got up, you know, walked off, celebrated with the team in the locker room after the win as well, got the laughing, joking. So he's all good to go. So that's good news for us there. But you know, keep it keep it in perspective. We got to continue with the offense, man. With the run blocking, I felt like that was a negative there. That's something that needs to get on track. That's, that's something that needs to get consistent. Now, am I going to trip about Jacobs having, you know, about like 50, 48 yards? Not really, because it's kind of expected at the end of the day. He's still he's still getting his rhythm. And you can kind of tell yesterday he's still getting his rhythm. And, and more along the lines, people are going to say it's him. I think more along the lines, well, it is kind of him, but more along the lines, it's him getting that continuity and rhythm with this offensive line. I think yesterday it kind of showed, and I don't know how to explain this. I'm, I'm going to try to explain this to people who never play running back or people who have never played football in general. If you're a running back, the main thing, you, when you have your rhythm with your offensive line, you can just kind of feel it. Why? Because you can read body language. As a great running back who has vision and somebody who can, you know, make a cut on a dime and find holes, find space, 
sometimes it's all about knowing your offensive line, knowing your offensive line tendencies too. So as a running back, that's very important. And I think as the weeks continue, we'll be able to see that more and more. You'll be he'll be able to read their body language, how they're moving, how they're moving guys around, shit like that. But it just seems yesterday he was just a little off rhythm. But he still showed us a little. He still showed us what Josh Jacobs can do. I mean, at the end of the day, he still had Josh Jacobs runs, and he was blocking his ass off yesterday. That's another thing, bro. Without Josh, there's a number of sacks that probably would have been given up. I mean, the way the Broncos were blitzing, so. You know, that that's one right there that I think this is why you pay him the money. Not only does is he a great running back running the ball, but as far as pass blocking, he's top of the league, bro. He's top of the league when it comes to pass blocking for your quarterback. I mean, shit, even on the last run that Jimmy G had to win the game, it was his block that sprung the run. Without that block from Jacobs, that's a sack, and we're forced to give the ball back to the Denver Broncos. But, you know, he threw that nice block. Look at Oscar make play veteran. Jacoby out there doing his thing. A lot of great things to talk about, right? Now, from our rookies, you know, we from the rookies on the offensive side, Michael Mayer, you didn't see too much, but he was in there pass blocking. He was in there getting some good pass blocks. I'm not pass block, run blocks. He was in there giving some good run blocks, right? He was doing his thing. He was in there doing his thing for the run blocking, right? We would like to see a little more for the pass catching ability, but at the end of the day, there's so many playmakers on this team. One week is going to be your week. The next week is not going to be your week. That's the type of, that's the type of offense this is going to be. You know, because there's too many playmakers, too many, you know, skilled positions that are good on this team where, you know, somebody other than Devontae is going to be consistent. You have to work for that. You have to get that. You have to earn that. So, you know, I mean, we saw it with him. I mean, shit, I was going to bring this up later, but perfect segment to bring this up. Hunter Renfro. We didn't see shit from Hunter Renfro. Right now. Like I said, this type of offense has so many playmakers. One week you get it, the next week you don't. And if Jacoby's out this next week against the Bills, then we'll probably see more Hunter Renfro. But you can't pay nobody $13 million to not get the ball. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. That's a, that's a conversation for a later date. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll continue to talk about that. Um, offense was cool. You know, I, I feel like there's still some points on the board we left out there. Still some points on the board we left as far as red zone opportunities, one interception. And then you had one where you got a field goal. You know, you need to start converting on these. But like I said, first week, kind of that preseason, get everybody acclimated, and now we keep it rolling. By week four or five, we should have the rhythm, and we should see what type of team this is. Now, let's get into a little bit of Tyree Wilson that we saw yesterday, right? I was not impressed by Tyree Wilson yesterday. Now, keep this in mind, I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to overly kill him for his performance. But because he did some good things in the run game yesterday. Let's not get that twisted. He did some very good things in the run game. But when it comes to that pass rushing ability, yesterday it just looked like he don't have it, right? He's a, he's too slow off the line. He's a step slower than everybody else. I mean, everybody would already be in their get off and already gone, and he'd barely be getting off. You know, he'd be the last one off. So that's something that needs to be corrected. Maybe it's a whole, you know, him trying to, you know, get acclimated to the speed of the game and shit like that. So that's something that I think he needs to work on. And also, it looks like he didn't really have a lot of uh, plans at the line of scrimmage. You feel what I'm saying? Like, there was no plan when he came to the offensive lineman and, and his pass rush moves. He had no plan. And that's what it looks like. So you can't be slow off the ball and have no pass rush plan. So, I mean, as the weeks continue, let's see how the Raiders try to progress him. Let's keep this in mind. He's had no training camp. He's had, you know, barely practice time, you know. The situation is going on right now with one of the players for the Raiders. 
that's kind of fucking it up because they probably didn't expect Tyree to play as much as he did. But he showed some flashes. You know, I think he just got to get his rhythm. Now, Malcolm Coons, that's a guy right there. He, he, put some, he put some stock into the bank right there yesterday. And I think he needs to get more tick. He needs to get more burn. So rundown of the – I mean, the whole recap of the game is this, right? It was, it, we played ugly. We played ugly. You can definitely tell the players were rusty yesterday, especially the starters. You can tell they're rusty, but still gutted out the win, right? Keep this in mind. And I want you guys who are Raider fans to really put this into perspective. On the last drive of the game, there were five minutes and eight seconds to go in that game when the Raiders took over the ball for the last time. Five minutes and eight seconds to go. Now, last year, that's a loss. You feel what I'm saying? That's a loss. We're, we're giving the ball back to Denver, and they go down, and they fuck around, and they put a nice little drive together for the field goal. We lose the game. That's what I'm thinking last year. When last year did you see the ability to run the clock out Keep the ball and Denver don't even touch that bitch again, right? That right there is the difference of this team. That right there is where this team can make their stamp and be different. The red zone and at the same time, right, be able to be better situationally. Be better situationally. Now, yes, we have some mistakes in the red zone. Both sides of the ball. You're giving up a touchdown before the half, right, before the half ends. And at the same time, you throw an interception, right, in the second half. So. You know, you, there's some things to clean up as far as the defense. You know, you give up, you, you give up all that. But still, when it came down to it, and when it was time to make a play, and the situation called for you to be better in the red zone, what did the defense do? Only give up three points after a flag that was very deflating. And at the same time, uh, in most Raider games in the past, you're like, oh shit, this is a touchdown. You know what I mean? This is a touchdown. Here we go. But no, they were down twenty to ten. But no. They give up three. The game is still in reach. And as far as the offense leading that drive down the field to not only get points, but to get seven points, right? That's the difference right there. And at the same time, getting the ball five minutes to go and running that clock out, they don't even have a chance to sniff that thing again. And that's the beauty of this team right here. That's why I feel like we can make our stamp as a different type of Raiders team, right? Right there. So uh, all in all, I give to I give yesterday's win a B, a solid B, man. Just things to clean up for sure, but it's the resiliency, right? I mean, I can't really kill the defense. You give up 16 points, six in the six in the uh in the half. Can't really kill them, right? And as far as the offense, we left points on the board. We left points on the board and still came it out and gutted a win out right 17 to 16. And there it goes. The difference is Jimmy G. He's a winner, man. He's a winner. So it's time we start changing the mindset of this franchise. Last year in these type of games, we're finding ways to say, oh, shit, we're about to lose this game. Now it's time to change the mindset and say, you know what? In these close games, bro, we're going to gut this thing out. We're going to win, bro. We're going to win these games now. So I'm glad to see from last year the change of these one once four games to this year. We already had a better mindset. So I'm very excited to see what we do against the Buffalo Bills. Got to watch them tonight against the Jets, man. See where the weak points are. See where the weakest links in the chains are, right? See where we can attack. Once again, you know, Buffalo, for as good as they are, they're not invincible either. You feel what I'm saying? There are things that can be done. There are things that can be done to them. So the Raiders came out of that game yesterday fairly healthy, right? Fairly healthy. Things to clean up. But it's easier to clean shit up when you got a win under your belt, right? So 
Make sure you guys are tapping on the like and subscribe button, man. Subscribe here to the Sick Podcast, man, with the Raiders recap. I'm going to be giving y'all in-depth analysis after the game, before the game. So make sure y'all turn on y'all notification bells, man. You're not going to want to miss any of that information. Keep in tune for later on this week because we're going to be doing a nice little, you know, rundown of the Raiders versus Bills. See where we can attack them. See what the Raiders can do to them, right? And see if Jacoby plays and all that. I'll be giving y'all the updates on that. So make sure you turn your notifications on. Hit all them buttons. And we're going to see y'all next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Raiders Recap on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.